Georgia, oh Georgia, no peace I find. Just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. Welcome to Ruthless. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died. Judge Amy Coney Barrett. If Joe Biden wins, Democrats can sack the courts. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Maybe that's a question you should ask China. Anyway, my time's up. I'm not thinking, Mr. That's President. okay. I know you're not thinking. You never do. It's a whole hoax. And you know who's playing into the hoax? People like you and the fake news media. We are born free and we will stay free. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ruthless. We are back and surprise, the election is still going. Um, Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible, Smug. I mean, I knew we we all talked about how close it was going to be. And of course, the mainstream media wants this thing to be over, Uh, but it's not. No, it's not. Uh, You know, it's a funny thing. The Dems spent the past four years saying that the election was rigged by Russians and then spent the past week saying elections can't be rigged. So there you go. Amazing contrast. And on one hand, the 2016 election was never over. They never accepted the results. They immediately began prosecuting against President Trump and his team during the transition. And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, four years later, here we are. It's over. Everything went fine. No problems, no interference, just to respect the results and move on. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear how badly the media wants this over. They're super biased. The Washington Post had that article where they're like, you know, so tough being a journalist, but at least we beat Trump. It's like, okay, it's masks <laughs> off. They, they just want this to end. The, um, masks, the masks are fully off. It's just incredible. It's, I mean, here's the thing, folks. Keep this in mind. You know, this whole election needs to be fully investigated. You know, the issues in court need to be settled. Today is seven days since the election. That leaves 30 days until we get to the level of Bush v. Gore. That was 37 days. So, you know, there's no need for the media to tell everyone, obey, it's over. We have <laughs> our guy. We wanted Biden. It's Biden. Well, I got, you know, I have two points on that. First off, the one thing that's become really apparent to me, and maybe it's just because the media is so much worse than it ever has been before, but when was it along the lines of American development that we granted the American media mm. the power to declare when a race is over and when a president is elected? Like they literally have zero influence on this process whatsoever. So all of a sudden they're like, well, AP called it. AP yeah. called it. It should be over. Yeah. Okay. Well, AP called it. You know, it's up to journalists to decide our, who, who leads our country. Like, there's a very, very clear constitutional directive on what happens here. And at no point is the American media involved in it. Yeah, it was not in the Bill of Rights. Like, uh, you know, all elections are settled by journalists. <laughs> not in there. I checked. I went and looked for it. It's not in there, folks. Um, and the thing is, there are so many like these irregularities that have been reported that the media is just trying to tell you, no, 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 no. There's no such thing as irregularities. We told you that elections can be rigged for four years, and now, of course not. There can't be any irregularities. Like, here, here's a fact. In 2012, in Philadelphia, in 59 precincts in Philadelphia, Romney did not get a single vote. Just impossible. It's I mean, impossible. statistically, that does not happen. But I, no I mean, one's asking any questions about it. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Elections are perfect. It, well, it raises a really important point. And once again, this is where Trump has taught the GOP something. Now, everybody's saying, oh, he's not respecting the result. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is that the president and his team 
are attempting to uncover what is a systematic and, and consistent fraud in a number of American cities and states across mm-hmm. our union. Now, is it enough to overturn uh, a Biden win here? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But really what he's doing is making sure that at any point in 2022, 2024 and beyond, that we've uncovered what Democrats have done over a series of years to try to defraud elections. And, and oh, you yeah. just mentioned Philadelphia. That's a big one. Nevada, for the last two or four election cycles, they have systemically changed the laws and the rules about voting behavior to benefit Democrats. Yep. Everything from straight vote hauling to mailing out ballots indiscriminately to same-day registration with people who may or may not be actual residents of Nevada. They've gotten away with it for years. So what is Trump doing? What Trump is doing is saying, not anymore, folks. You're going to have to, at the very least, present the facts in a court of law so the American people have to see what you're up to. What a shocking thing to do. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe he said that. He said that like votes should be uh, held sacred and, and carefully counted and make sure there's no fraud. I can't believe Trump would say such a thing. Horrific. I mean, no- it's literally, it's his gift to conservatives in the Republican Party, whether he is there to enjoy it or not. It's, it, this is what we deserve. This is what the American people deserve. I mean, you, you mentioned Philadelphia. Did you see the deal? I looked back um, in Detroit in 2016, so Trump's first election, 37%, and this is according to the Detroit News, 37% of Detroit's precincts had more votes than registered voters. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, and this is the thing, you know, the media will not let anyone talk about this. And, and Twitter is going to go put warnings. If you, if you put up this article from Detroit News, they just talked about that there are too many votes in 37% of Detroit's precincts. Like, oh, no, no, no. Elections are not rigged. This is safe. And um, I don't know. The, I, I get some solace in the fact that at least I won't be alive to see the next time I vote Democrat. That uh, <laughs> seems to be the only thing that... <laughs> Well, I mean, if according, according to Rudy, you know, he was saying he was saying that Will Smith's dad, who has been deceased for a couple of years, has already voted, and a number of celebrities oh voted in Philadelphia. So, I mean, I guess you got a kind of a point there, Smug. Amazing, amazing. Um, speaking of terrible things, uh, we we saw a couple funny tweets about the libs making their lists of like, okay, guys, it's, it's time to open up the gulags. Everyone who ever supported Trump, everyone who voted for Trump, it's, it's time to send them to uh, the camps. Enough is enough. <laughs> you know, it's great. Cause it was like, right now you see your typical blue check, like right now it's time for America to come together. We need to set aside our differences and also make lists of our enemies. Like this is what is needed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I okay. saw, what's that guy i don't even know how to pronounce harry savuvin whatever he was a, a clinton press secretary and i saw mm-hmm. him out tweeting in the last couple of days about making sure that anybody and everybody who's ever worked for trump their name gets to corporate america so they're basically banned from employment very normal <laughs> i mean are you kidding me who are these people this is truly the enemy Honestly, you think a Clinton person is who you would want not working for you if you're trying to accomplish things like that's the that's the last person who should weigh in on this subject. Let's take uh, let's take the Clinton guy's advice on what constitutes a good employee. Yeah, I mean they must definitely know. Um, 
other than her hitmen, I don't trust any of her employees to do a good job. Let's be serious here. Um, and also, you see uh, a lot of libs not just making lists in general, but also lists with us on it. That's kind of fun. Uh, oh, yeah. I saw Chris Hayes mentioned you. He did. He did. You know, and I'll say at the outset, you know, Ruthless is starting to make a dent when the libs start barking up your tree, yeah. you know, and Chris Hayes, but I want to take a minute on this guy, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy is so soft, smug, you could lay him over your knees to keep yourself warm while you're knitting. <laughs> you know, I mean, listen, he's had me walk for years, man. This guy can't hang. He can't I mean, handle. Uh, hold on. I've got, I've got a very powerful person calling me that I need to. Okay. I'm out of it. I'm out. So, but back, back to Chris Hayes. Um, God, Google, you know what, you're on, probably on your phone or on your computer. Just Google image this guy right now. Take a look at him. Take a look at him. Look at this, this guy. Chris Hayes. This dude came for Ruthless, expecting <laughs> to survive. Instantly, the dude gets swarmed. It was just like minions on him, like wolves on a hurt deer. It was incredible. Uh, let, um, I mean, let, let's show this guy a locker, shall we? Yeah. He, he, he's, he's been asking for it for a while. The guy got drunk, he mouthed off, he tried calling you up by name, Minions swarmed, and then the best part of this whole story is he deletes his tweet, like, <laughs> done, <laughs> coward. So, so many people are saying that Chris Hayes is actually Rachel Maddow. Many people. I mean, he probably wishes because then, you know, there's going to be a lot of journals losing their jobs over the next six months, and yeah. Where does it's Chris like, Hayes fit in over at MSNBC? It, no one cares about what he has to say. Uh, I mean, no, no mention who, who talks about Chris Hayes. He still has a show there, right? He still I mean, has a show. Let's let, let me read exactly what so everybody who missed it uh, can hear what this guy said. So, so Rachel writes uh, <laughs> Trump and the GOP from McConnell down to loyal soldiers like Josh Holmes have already gotten a shocking number of people killed and are about to get more killed. Unquote. Um, Clearly he was drunk and then like he, number one, he didn't want the swarm to continue because they were just kicking his ass in the replies. He was someone at MSNBC was, was like, our legal department just called and they said, You're a moron, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get sued, Chris. I mean, look, this guy's under a lot of pressure, right? You got a, a lot of up-and-coming libs at MSNBC. And unfortunately, as a lib, when you're born a white man, those are two characteristics you can't stop apologizing for enough over there. He's done. And, and, and when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't see the next primetime star. He sees a skinny Ed Schultz, right? <laughs> Moments away from walking papers. So this guy needs to turn it up. He calls me a murderer, apparently blames me for coronaviruses, which is what I'm getting there. Which, you know, I mean, Smug, I left government six years ago, by the way. How I'm responsible for the China virus is beyond me. Yeah, I didn't know that part of, you know, the job McConnell charges his campaign managers with is to, like, unleash virus bats <laughs> with, like, I don't know, are they in a timed vault? Like, in six years, I need you to unleash this bat. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is my take on Chris Hayes. He's everything that's wrong with fake news. He's a soft, talentless marionette. <laughs> whose you know, only appeal is to his lib masters pushing further and further to the edge. Yep. You know, I mean, this is the guy who told us that the P tape was real. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He told us that the Russian collusion smoking gun was in Prague. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Um, uh, 
the uh, Trump was rigging the election with mailboxes. Remember, we were stealing oh, yeah. mailboxes. Oh yeah. Um, uh, McConnell's a Russian asset because he wouldn't pass the Democratic election fraud bill. I and mean, the, it, I mean, that's the thing not, is like all all the, all their actions is just like they just want to end competition. Like, and also Brian Fallon tweeted being like, "Oh no." there's this new podcast ruthless and it's giving competition to the pod bros. It's like, well, I'm thinking that might be like the source of a lot of their resentment. Like Chris Hayes, we beat him on the charts. Like too bad. Your podcast can't hang with us. Chris Hayes. I bet you're mad. And Brian Fallon. I mean, he's another example of just endless failures. The guys, what's his name of this group? Demand justice. They're trying to like stop McConnell from, from putting up judges and, and justices. And how's that worked out for them? There's like, I mean, literally, everybody thought that I was just sort of slamming in a locker when I said I only hear from him when he needs another justice shoved down his throat. But I, I was actually being serious. Yeah. I, the only time I hear from that guy is when he chirps up about some judge or justice that we promptly jammed down his throat. And then he goes back to doing whatever paper pushing fail son activity that they do over a nonprofit world. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, but like before we get off this, I I just, I have to say about Chris Hayes, I'm the murderer. I'm the murderer. I mean, this guy has murdered the minds of countless Americans who tunes into this nonsense show that he's peddling on a night to night basis. He's creating a generation of uninformed idiots Mm. that show up in the lives of our minions and force us to shove them into lockers. (laughs) We don't love it. We do it for our country. So, Chris, delete your tweet. You can't stand by it. You're weak. You're, you're everything the minions hate. You're bad for the country. Give us your lunch money and get in the locker. <laughs> and that is that. Uh, goodbye, Chris Hayes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, speaking of amazing... So we've got an amazing race, don't we? We got two in Georgia, as a matter of fact. Yeah, this is, this is for all the marbles, Smug. And, and for those of us who have been sort of watching this election from the very beginning, we were uh, concerned it might come down to this. We had a great day on election day from the Senate Republican and House Republican point of view. Um, but it gives us the opportunity for two runoffs here with Kelly Leffler, who we'll be talking to here on the program. Ooh, spoiler. We got, yeah. we got Leffler on today's episode. That's an interview. Uh, totally. She's the biggest thing in American politics right now, along with her colleague, David Perdue, because they literally stand before us as the mm-hmm. last barrier to socialism in America. That's the thing is we lose these and it's 50-50. And that means Kamala Harris, if Biden wins, is Kamala Harris becomes the 51st vote in the Senate. And that means all of it. You got court packing, Green New Deal. They're going to come for the Second Amendment. They're going to end everything. So you know how hard they're going to go in Georgia. Uh, I, want to hear, I want to hear what uh, Senator Luffler's got to say about this, Josh. Why don't we just go straight to it? We'll cut right to the interview. Senator Kelly Leffler is with us today. This is an absolutely huge in- interview for so many reasons. A very big week for Georgia, I might add. It's Master's Week, and you're in the center of the political universe. So welcome, Senator. Great to be with you. Very, very excited to have you, and in particular because uh, what has become apparent here over the last week is that you are literally the last barrier against socialized everything in America. And 
I know you're fighting pretty hard every day. We've been a big fan of all the work that you've done since you've been here. But I want to ask you to start with your reaction to Chuck Schumer. Um, he was in Manhattan celebrating what uh, he thinks is a Biden victory. And basically what he says, we're going to take Georgia and then we're going to change America. What does that mean to you? Well, his statement really said it all, and it really realizes the worst fears of what we had during this election, that the future of the country is on the line. And when Chuck Schumer said that, he meant that not only New York is going to try to change Georgia, but Democrats across the country want to play in our state and radically change our great state of Georgia, that is the number one place in the country to do business because of our strong conservative policies. But he wants to change America, and he also said he wanted to change the world. And that should make all of us very concerned about what's at stake on January 5th, when two Senate seats here in Georgia will decide the future of this country. And it's a stark contrast. Do we want higher taxes? Do we want socialized medicine? You know, that's like going to the DMV to go to your doctor. Uh, do we want uh, open borders? Do we want to uh, re-enter the Paris Climate Accord that puts taxes on hardworking Americans? Um, do we want to re-enter the Iran deal that um, you know, shipped billions of dollars to Iran? So this is what's at stake with this election. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, one of the things that we've appreciated about you is your sort of fresh perspective that you bring here to politics. You're not a politician. You come from the business world. Like President Trump, you have a, a little different viewpoint when it comes to evaluating you know, what's good for our economy. And clearly you articulated a couple of things that Chuck Schumer thinks are, are, are in store for us that uh, those of us who have practiced any sort of uh, private entrepreneurship at all think are absolutely insane. Uh, but but are, you, are you a little surprised by what these liberals are willing to say and do here to try to win this election? I, I am surprised, but ultimately not shocked. I mean, that was part of my calling to public service was to have someone uh, with my background, someone that has created jobs, balanced budgets, been held accountable for delivering results, to be in Washington and to tell Georgians, I expect you to hold me accountable for doing what I said I would do to make a difference, to defend conservative values and fight for this country. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I mean, you, you can see what a strong economy does for our country. It lifts all Americans up. Uh, we had the strongest economy in history going uh, heading into 2020. We can do that again in 2021 if we hold the line. But what that means is we can provide more flexibility, affordable health care through providing people with more jobs. We can get more opportunities that lifts everyone up. We can have school choice. Uh, look, I'm, I'm a farm kid. I grew up on a farm. I waitressed my way through high school and college, and I was the only uh, the first person in my family to graduate from college. So I know what opportunity in this country means and what it can do. I was able to go from the farm to the Fortune 500. I still believe in the American dream. And we still believe in the American dream down in Georgia. And we're going to fight for it for the rest of the country with, with this election. So, so for all of our, our, our minions, and that's not a derogatory term, it's something that uh, our, our listeners call themselves here on, on Ruthless. But for all the, those who haven't been following this closely, what you're in is a runoff, right? And uh, you had a, a, a large field that you had to sort through in November. You came up on top along with a Democrat by the name of Raphael Warnock, who for my money 
you know, I'm just kind of getting familiar with what this guy's got going on because I think he flew under the radar by, by a mile. All the, the focus in Georgia was on the presidential and on your colleague's race, David Perdue, what, because everybody just assumed you guys were going to go to a runoff no matter what. Well, now that we've gotten a look at this guy, holy smoke, Senator, this is not somebody who's in the mainstream of Georgia. That's right. Uh, he did fly under the radar because we had a very crowded jungle general, had 21 folks on the ballot. But right now it's down to Raphael Warnock and myself. And what Georgians are gonna learn about him is he is the most radical Democrat candidate in our country right now. I mean, what we're revealing about his beliefs is that he's supported Jeremiah Wright. He defended him. He called him a wow. prophet when he preached his goddamn America uh, sermon. And, you know, I say, God bless America. That's what we should be saying, not goddamn America. And I thought that brand of politics was over, but we're confronted with it right here. Uh, he's embraced Fidel Castro. I saw he, that. I saw yeah, that today. This is real. The <laughs> guy praises Fidel Castro. I mean, what is 1960s? This is insane. We already know what communism looks like and what it did to Cuba. This guy's in favor of it? That's right. And, you know, here we are still talking about, you know, the reasons that it's important to have a free country and, and it should be a given. But we have candidates supporting Marxist ideas, communist ideas and leaders. Um, also, during our debate, I asked if he would apologize to Georgians and our law enforcement officers for calling them thugs, bullies, gangsters and a threat to our children. He declined to do that. Maybe. So he is fostering this defund the police, uh, you know, lawlessness in our communities idea. And hardworking Georgians want safety and security in their communities. They want economic opportunity. Uh, they have no interest in socialism or Marxism. And that's what we're going to reveal about this handpicked candidate by Stacey Abrams and Chuck Schumer. Uh, the, the real agenda is, is pretty frightening. Yeah, well, I, look, I think you're on the right track and you've, you've run a heck of a race so far. I want, before we get to our three questions that we ask everybody, every guest, uh, I want to ask how we can help you because I know that we've got a whole bunch of listeners here who literally are dying to do anything that they can do to help in Georgia. So Senator Leffler, what, where should we direct these efforts? Well, thank you for asking that important question. So if you go to kellyforsenate.com, you can see how to support David Perdue and myself uh, to support Georgia, keeping the Senate in Republican hands, and really the future of our country. So it's kellyforsenate.com. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Parler. Uh, you won't get canceled there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And also for Georgians, Please make sure that you tell 500 of your closest friends that we need you to turn out in January. It is vitally important that we get this done for the country. And I'm very confident Georgians will lead the charge. Man, what a breath of fresh air. And the fact that you guys are working as a team, hand in glove, and all of your teams on the ground in Georgia, it's just so refreshing. We've really, we got to get both of you over the top. So everybody, you heard that. Kelly, what's the website one more time? Kelly for Senate.com, K-E-L-L-Y. All right. All right. Those are, that's where you need to go. Here are your three questions. The last meal on earth, Senator Kelly Loeffler, what would yours be? 
I'm going to have to say Chick-fil-A because it sustained me throughout this campaign, but it needs to have a peach shake with it. So uh, <laughs> a prescriptive order at Chick-fil-A. That's right. That's right. And it, a great Georgia company too. Absolutely. No, they were one of the best. Um, all right. Second question. And this might be a little easier for you considering you haven't lived your life in politics, but if you weren't in politics at all, what, do you, what would you be doing? I'd be doing what I was doing one year ago, which is, you know, helping build a business, create jobs in Georgia, uh, giving back in my community, packing my lunch before work every day, and uh, really just living the American dream, making sure that, um, you know, we provided jobs and opportunities across our great state and, uh, you know, also supporting conservative candidates. And uh, that's really how I got involved in, in politics in the first place, just supporting great conservatives. Yeah, uh, creating jobs and making your community better. That sounds like something uh, that all of us can get behind. <laughs> That's right. Um, all right, third question. This is going to, you know, people wonder why we got this, but there is a right answer to it. And people are motivated by different things. So what mo motivates you more, the thrill of victory or the agony of defeat? Well, I'm a competitive person by nature and I don't like to lose. And I don't like to lose because I want to win for who's ever on my team. And I always feel a deep obligation to those on my team. So uh, look, as, as an athlete, as a business person, and as a public service servant, I'm always going to be fighting for my team, but I want to win. And so I'm just incredibly competitive and we are going to win in January. I love it. I love it. Senator Kelly Leffler, I can't thank you enough for your time. I know you've been so busy trying to go out and win this thing for all of us. And we are uh, going to come back and win it for you by going to kellyforsenate.com, sending all of our contributions to you, making sure we got boots on the ground down in Georgia. We're going to really go out there and, and help you with this. Thank you all so much. We're going to be fighting right alongside you. Thanks, Josh and Smug. Really appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Take care. God bless. All right, good stuff. It's we got to get the word out about that race, man. Georgia, I can't I can't overstate how important that is. We got to do everything possible to get, to win these races. Um, you know, get get on uh get your phone out right now if you're listening. Go to WinRed and get 5 bucks to uh Kelly Luffler and Purdue and let's win these races. That's going to be a battle. Yeah, Georgia battleground. We we have to win these. You know, Smug, I've got an observation. The minions are already all, all over this because mm -hmm. you guys have had a great interaction over the years. But but there's a difference in culture between liberals and conservatives when it comes to activism. Mm -hmm. Democratic activists, when they get angry, when they're watching Rachel Maddow or Chris Hayes, one of these idiots, they get their phones out and they give five bucks to the to the five candidates that they think matter. Yep. Conservatives, by and large, over the years, when they watch Hannity or Tucker or something else, they write a five-paragraph essay on Facebook. Yeah. Right? And here's the deal. We need to change that because our five-paragraph essay isn't changing anybody's minds. What we need is to make sure that these campaigns are fully fueled, right? Yep. WinRed is the platform that is the official platform of the Republican Party. It's the one place that you know where your, con your contributions are going. They're going lead on target to these campaigns. Get your phones out. David Perdue, Kelly Leffler, Win Red, do it. I mean, I'm 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 not only giving. I'm going to be down there in Georgia. They need they need all hands on deck. This uh, it, we need a full battle cry for Georgia. Everyone needs to tell your friends. Um, keep in mind, you know, uh, 
the thing is Trump may or may not have won. We don't know. That's going to be settled. But this is a concrete step you can take right now to fight back is you help make sure our troops down there in Georgia are fully stocked, locked and loaded for this battle. Because it's, I mean, Kamala Harris was the most liberal senator in the Senate. We're talking to the left of Bernie Sanders. You look at that voting record. We cannot have that as the 51st vote. And, and, and I'll say for those of us uh, most MAGA amongst us, and you're hoping that the president still gets over the top. We all hope that he still gets over the top. Mm -hmm. But if you've appreciated anything about what President Trump has been able to accomplish the last four years, anything, mm -hmm. the one thing you can do, right? The challenges are all in the hands of the Trump attorneys. God bless them. Good luck. The one thing that you can do as a patriotic American who wants to protect what Trump has built mm -hmm. in over the last four years is participate in this Georgia Senate race. Because if they lose... If Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue lose, you will have a Democratic Senate. As Chuck Schumer said, we're going to take Georgia. We're going to take Georgia and we're going to change America. That's is what, what he said. said. And what he means by that is court packing. He means open borders. He means government-run mm -hmm. health care. He means a far-left vision of this country, the likes of which we can't even recognize. And so it is time to get anxious, activated, angry, and get going in Georgia. There we go. There we go. Get activated, get angry, get supplies to our troops, you know, phone bank, do everything you can. This is going to be, you know, everyone says, oh, this is the most important election of our lives. Folks, this, this really could be it. They get their court packing and it's all over. It's all it might over. be it. It might be it quite literally is it in terms of what we've been able to build over the last, build over the last four years. So mount up, folks. There's no more important thing that you can do. That's right. Well, well, that was an action-packed episode. I'm pretty happy with how that turned out. Um, so until next time, Indians, keep the faith, hold the line, and own the libs. Stay ruthless. We'll see you on Thursday.